Blog Talk Radio. of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptaw. That's me, as always, Terrell Wellman. This is going to be a, well, his, I guess you could call it a historic show. We'll talk about why that is later on, but this really does kick off uh, about the sixth, well, the seventh season of this show. And Tara, unfortunately, we've got to start it with some fairly negative news you know, this week's biggest story, of course, is Alex Reyes uh, out for the year with Tommy John surgery. Um, it feels like – I don't know how much of an impact we can talk about it, uh, how much of an impact it has on this squad for this year, but it, it's just a terrible blow for a kid that's just now getting into his major league career. It is, and it's kind of compounding on what we went through last year just in trying to – kind of brace ourselves for the incoming of Alex Reyes to the major league level. There were a lot of people who saw the Cardinals struggling last year and wanted him to be brought to St. Louis a lot earlier than he was. And then there were questions about how he would be used. And really all we ended up getting to see was the fact that yes, he is indeed as good as advertised as far as what we saw in his potential in the what 40 plus innings that he ended up pitching last year at the major league level. Um, but it's, you're right. It's hard to sort of gauge what that means, what losing him for this season means for this season, because we didn't really have any way of, of gauging that if he would have been healthy, what his impact would have been, what his role would have been out of spring training. So it takes uh, a lot of the excitement, I think, out of the spring as far as the starting rotation is concerned. Um, and it's, it's certainly a, a pretty tough blow to a kid that uh, seemingly had, had really put himself in position to be one of the more exciting stories for the Cardinals this year. Um, but it's it's a little premature to say that it's, the it's going to be the the undoing of the Cardinals this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, and, and we've talked about this in different in different aspects, different places. But there was no guarantee that that Alex Reyes started the year with the Cardinals. I mean, there was some thought that that he could even start the year in Memphis to try to keep the the innings off his arm, maybe slide him into the bullpen. Even if he was in the starting rotation, there was going to be a lot of times where he'd be skipped or worked around. Um, you know, again, he was not going to be a 200-inning pitcher. Now, that being said, 100 to 150 of innings of Alex Reyes could be a lot better and definitely a lot more exciting than, than the replacements that could be there. But I don't think that he was going to be the difference between the playoffs and not, even as as much as one game as we saw last year could make that difference. Um, it's just it, – I think more than anything, it's just so disappointing for the fans because to have this kind of talent – you know, the Cardinals don't have – upper echelon talent a lot of times come through this system. Um, and to be able to see one of those guys get to that stage and get a chance to watch him every day was a 
was something that was people were going to really look forward to this year. And now not only we do not see it this year, we may never see it again. I mean, there's a chance that, that Reyes' career is never quite what we expected it to be after this surgery, isn't there? Well, there's always that opportunity uh, or that possibility, rather. I think that the the opportunity for him is that he's still very young, um, and there's a lot of time, you know, even if he doesn't come back next season throwing 101, <laughs> um, there's still time for him to take the skill set that he has and turn it into an exceptional major league career. Um, I think what makes him so special or, or what seemed like it was going to make him so special was the, the contrast between, for example, a 101-mile-an-hour fastball followed by a 78-mile-an-hour changeup. I mean, that's just not fair. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when you're looking at tough lineups in the, 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 the NL Central for the Cardinals, you're talking about facing the Cubs that, that maybe don't have all the heavy hitters they did last year, but a guy like Alex Reyes could, could carve those guys up pretty – pretty easily, at least until the league starts to adjust to him. So um, to think that maybe he won't quite get all of that back along with the, the youth that seems to be a big part of guys having sort of that extra, uh, that extra firepower, at least at the beginning of their careers, yeah, that's, that's a, a tough thing to consider. But um, I think one thing that sort of compounds the disappointment is that we didn't get to see Alex Reyes last spring either. We didn't get to see him for really the first half of the minor league season because he was dealing with the suspension that the Cardinals uh, chose to let him fulfill rather than putting him on the 40-man roster at the major league level and, and sort of circumventing the system. So he went through all of that. He sort of overcame uh, the choices that led to, to that circumstance and seemed to be back on good footing and, and moving forward and making progress. And then as soon as he got to that point where it looked like this potential we've seen coming for the last several years through the minor league system, uh, well, now we're going to have to wait another year. So I think that just sort of added to the frustration, um, not to mention that this has become the, the true signal to the beginning of baseball season in St. Louis, <laughs> losing a, a potential starting pitcher before the season even begins. Yeah, unfortunately, that has happened quite a bit. But if you go all the way back to Adam Wainwright, you obviously had Lance Lynn last year, although his loss was was earlier, um, and, and others that have dealt with issues um, in the spring uh, going forward. It, it, it feels like it's an epidemic. Um, I, I think that that's probably more the fact that we're just looking at these Cardinals, and, and there have been some big names that have gone down. I don't know that they're – injury rate is really that much higher than anybody else's, um, but they seem to have all the bad luck. Yeah, and uh, as, a, as a fan of this team, I'm uh, not sure that this is a tradition that I would like to see continue. <laughs> yeah, we, we, can, we can snap that any time, although maybe we shouldn't use the word snap um, when we're talking about <sighs> pitcher's arms. Um, <laughs> yes, very much. So, so with Reyes out of the picture. The fifth spot in the rotation really seems to be Michael Walker's to lose. Um, there are other options. There's not that many of them. There's not that many that are interesting. Um, well, I guess they're interesting, but I don't feel like anybody is going to – they have to really um, do well 
to push Michael Walker out of the fifth spot. I mean, that's, that seems to be the way the club's leaning right now, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, the reality is Michael Walker was never really out of contention for the fifth spot. I think the mm-hmm. battle was going to be between Walker and Reyes for who ended up with that spot anyway. So this is not really a, a huge adjustment to the plan. It just sort of is a resolved question without – Um, any actual competition I think the question now becomes is Michael Waka physically going to be capable of of pitching for an entire season I'm I know that that right now they're saying he looks strong and he looks like he's back where he he should be physically and they've spent a lot of time over the off season um, really trying to figure out how to approach the situation with his shoulder um but I don't think the the situation that Michael Walker is in, this stress reaction with the scapula, the, the recurrence of this sort of injury, is something that you're going to see in spring training. <laughs> I think that he might be fine for the first eight starts. Um, by the all-star break, is, is he going to be back to where he started from? I think that's the concern um, that's keeping everyone from really buying into – the Michael Walker of, you know, 2013. Um, That's obviously not a question that you can answer without just putting him out there and and letting him see what happens, keeping a close eye on the situation. And I think to their credit, they went out and and really had uh, made an investment in seeking out um, Brandon McCarthy's trainer that worked with him in the same, uh, on the same injury. and, And they're trying some, different things, which seems to be difficult to get this organization to do sometimes, try something new. (laughs) Um, But nonetheless, they've done that. So they've been very proactive about it, and that's all great. Um, I think for me, it's it's a little bit hard to get excited about Michael Waka as the fifth starter, simply because you're right, there aren't a lot of other really great options, and he's been anything but reliable the last couple of years, really at no fault of his own, just the nature of the injury he's dealing with. Yeah, you're right. If Michael Walker, after, you know, what, four months of rest and, and basically not throwing much of anything, comes to spring training and doesn't look extremely sharp, then <laughs> there's some issues. Um, I mean, that's right. that's not good. Um, it is going to be after he gets into that routine. And I guess the good thing about for that for the Cardinals is if they can't even get half a year, a good half a year out of Michael Walker, they do have options. That gives Marco Gonzalez more time in Memphis to continue to recover. It gives Tyler Lyons a chance to get back. It gives you a chance to see what, you know, and I know they're going to do a lot in the spring with Trevor Rosenthal and seeing what he has. Um, it gives you a chance for some of these, uh, you know, younger prospects to possibly uh, develop, and it gives you a chance to go out and make a trade. Perhaps that's a trade deadline. Um, there are there are things that you can do if you can get a good run of starts out of Michael Walker to start with, and hopefully that's what the Cardinals will get at least. That I mean, hopefully they'll get a whole good year out of him. Um, but you're right. This this reaction, this this issue could flare up at any time, and it's. I think it's going to have the Cardinals and Cardinals fans holding their breath, and if he ever has probably even just one bad start, much less two in a row, people are really going to start worrying that that's this injury is back, um, and it's going to be very difficult given the Cardinals' um, you know history with medical issues for fans to believe them when they say no, everything's fine. Yeah, and I think that's 
uh, where a lot of the concern comes from. I mean, even with Trevor Rosenthal, um, we watched him struggle for basically a season, uh, if not a little more than that. And all of a sudden then, well, there's an injury. That's probably part of the reason for that. So there's not a a lot of confidence, I guess, uh, from the outside looking in that these sorts of injuries are going to be dealt with um, really when they happen. I mean, even when you look at the, the situation with Alex Reyes, turns out there was a partial tear of the ligament in his elbow well before the, the complete tear. And, um, you know, you sort of, without a whole lot of information other than that, it, it does make you scratch your head a little bit and wonder sort of what the plan of attack is and, and how these things are being dealt with. But that's, it's easy to speculate from the little bit of information we get uh, outside the organization. Um, and I guess, you know, at some point we have to just acknowledge that these guys have been doing this a lot longer than we have. And um, at least theoretically, they, they should have some more insight to what's going on than we do. Yeah, and I think the idea with a partial tear is just pitch it until it tears. And I, I don't say that right. facetiously. I think that maybe even in baseball's aspect, because they don't know what else to do with it. I mean, I was just listening to, um, I think, the the countdown to opening day show that, that came, it's on Camel X on Wednesdays, and Kyle McClellan was saying that Zach Duke had told him this spring that he had pitched with a partial tear for nine years. Uh, Adam Wainwright yeah. pitched with a partial tear for a number of years. Eventually that tear is going to go. You just don't know if it's going to be – you know, day one or day, you know, year 10. Um, Unfortunately, the Cardinals seem to have caught people like Zach Duke and Reyes and Wainwright at the (laughs) wrong times. Um, You know, and I mean, what are you going to do? I guess that's just, you just have to deal with. Um, Not all is bad news though in the pitching staff. Um, Since we last spoke, the Cardinals, after talking a big game about arbitration with Carlos Martinez, finally decided that, hey, maybe that's not a good idea. Give him a five-year contract. Uh, Cardinals signed him to a five-year deal, $51 million, with two option years at the end. Could keep um, uh, Carlos here for, I think, until he's 31 or 32. Um, seems like a win-win for both, situa- for both sides on this one, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think that Carlos has made – every indication publicly. Um, so I'd imagine in, in any private conversations, it's been uh, just as strong that St. Louis is where he wants to be. Um, he's bought into being sort of the, the centerpiece of the, not to steal a phrase from the Cubs, but the young core. And he is, we talked about it last year, the heir apparent to the ACE role for this team. Um, I think that giving him the the long extension and sort of solidifying the the team's commitment to him in that regard, uh, for Carlos, I think that can only improve his confidence. I think it can only improve his drive to really take on that leadership role. Um, we saw kind of the reverse effect to that with Colton Wong, where it added a lot of pressure. But I think this situation is different enough because of, the the position that Martinez has already established for himself, that um, he seems to be in a much better position to take on the challenge of sort of earning that that contract um, without trying to do it all in one season. <laughs> he can earn it one year at a time, and that's perfectly <laughs> fine. 
Yeah, yeah. And he just keep doing what he's doing. I think that's going to be a much, much bigger thing. Um, you know, Mike Matheny had a, a, an interview uh, earlier in the spring, or I guess right before everybody reported, and it got some people worked up a little bit, um, kind of <laughs> indicating that when he starts looking at opening day starters, um, it, it really sounded like if you read between the lines, he was going to go without a Wainwright because he was the veteran and and Wainwright had done a whole lot for this organization. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I mean, is it, is it a big deal if Wainwright gets the opening start versus over Carlos Martinez? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it will be, <laughs> I think it'll be a huge story. Um, I don't think it's that, I I don't think it's really as big of an issue as it will be made out to be um, other than there, there is without question a loyalty factor with Mike Matheny that has at times um, been his downfall in some of the decision-making. So um, I don't know that, you know, at this point you can say it's going to make a dramatic difference, whether it's Carlos Martinez or Adam Wainwright on day one. Um, but I think that if Adam Wainwright comes out this spring and doesn't pitch well and he still gets the opening day start, then it will be enough of an issue that, that it's worth talking about. Um, Adam Wainwright's been that guy. I mean, we, we saw similar loyalties with Chris Carpenter when he was the guy for St. Louis. But there was at some point a, a turnover where Adam Wainwright became the number one. So I think Mike Matheny is going to have to – um, kind of separate the the friendship and the relationship and the loyalty with Adam Wainwright from the commitment that he has to making the right decisions for the team. Um, and that, I think, is still something that, that we have yet to see him do on a consistent basis as far as not just choosing um, starters or, or making decisions or allowing the veterans to kind of run the show because of his loyalty to them. So I think it's a, I think it could be a story if it turns into a spring where Carlos Martinez just runs away with, with the momentum and is far and away the obvious choice for opening night. Um, but he's still a young guy on this team, so it's not unreasonable to think that if Adam Wainwright returns to – something close to what Adam Wainwright has been in the past um, that he could get that opening day not as well. So uh, it's going to be blown out of proportion because it's Mike Matheny, but there is potential for it to be a story if if things go down a certain way this spring. And I think you're, I think your point that that's exactly right. It's, it's Mike Matheny. I mean, if, if Mike Matheny had been this manager that has made the tough calls that has, you know, put, a, a player's performance over a player's, you know, longevity with the team uh, in the past, then I think you, he could give him a, a benefit of the doubt if you picked Adam Wainwright here. Um, but because he hasn't, um, you're right. I think there's a situation there that some people at least would say, you know, here we go again. It's Mike Matheny. It's one of Mike's guys. He's just going to put him out there even though Carlos is better. Again, it's one day. Carlos is pitching game two. Um, if, if Adam Wainwright pitches game one, um, it, it, and Adam Wainwright is still, I think, an effective pitcher. Now, that's something we'll find out maybe in the spring. Um, but there's a good chance that Adam Wainwright's the number two pitcher on this on this staff anyway. So if he's pitching opening night because of his because of his history 
you know, there is there is a reason for that. I mean, there's an, an, an argument to be made that, you know, opening day is symbolic, and um, it's not – I mean, you, you obviously got to go out and win the games because every game matters, but um, the idea that it's opening day shouldn't – shouldn't matter that much i guess um i don't know well we will see i think you're right spring training will be a, a big issue and see how well carlos martinez pitches uh, versus adam wainwright um we saw people on the field this week that's that's the beautiful thing we have less than seven days until the cardinals will take the field in jupiter they'll be playing the marlins on saturday and it's going to be on, on kmox it's going to be on fox sports midwest these, the, the the season is coming as the spring gets started. I mean, here in this first week or so, is there anything particular you're looking at or anybody you want to see, you know, see how they're used, if they're used things like that um, going into, you know, like this first week of games. I think this is a, a pretty um, general response, but even just in the last few days, seeing the way that Dexter Fowler has come in and I don't want to say made the team his own because I think there are a lot of really strong personalities on this team, but man, there's, there's no denying that he's made an impact in just a couple of days. Um, you know, even reading uh, about a, a players only meeting that took place before the first full squad workout, Dexter Fowler was right in the mix and, and supposedly one of the, um, more excited and and uh, it, I just he he gave the longest speech. It was the most intense. Those kinds of things, you know, you don't necessarily always hear that about a guy coming in on his first day. <laughs> um, you don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. hear about how he starts implementing certain things that he likes about BP. Um, it sounds silly, but evidently they they'd never worked out or warmed up with music before in Jupiter. That seems weird to me, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, Dexter Fowler changed that day one. So I think there's it's going to be a really interesting dynamic to see how he continues to influence the way things are done. Um, if he can bring sort of that uh, childlike joy that we've seen a little bit in Carlos Martinez, but Carlos was the young guy that, that they didn't just cut loose and let him do his thing. I don't think they're going to be able to hold Dexter Fowler back, and I don't think they should. So I'm really curious to see um, more and more how he impacts the way that this team operates as a unit. Plus, from a, a baseball perspective, um, you know, it's going to be interesting seeing someone else leading off on a consistent basis with, with no uh, – uh, no real sort of fallback plan that we'll just move Matt Carpenter back to the leadoff spot if it doesn't work. Um, then to see sort of what happens uh, with third base. I know that Peralta is kind of the guy penciled in, but Jerk will really be the issue for playing time last year, and I think he's going to be in a position to do the same thing there. So uh, as far as individuals, I'm most excited to, to actually get a chance to see how they're affecting the team it's got to be Dexter Fowler for me, but there are plenty of other storylines to follow as the spring continues. Yeah. And uh, apparently Dexter Fowler also bought dinner tonight for everybody. So um, right. you know, he's getting on their good <laughs> sides uh, that way as well. Um, I guess I really hate to, I guess you ought to talk about what also happened with Dexter tonight um, or today on, you know, kind of um, made some opinions known about, 
some of the political issues that are going on. And, and again, I, I don't think he did in, in a way that was reasonable. He did it in a way that, you know, he is a, a, a person and not just a, a, a robot that goes out there. And unfortunately, and I think, again, it's going to be happening in any fan base, uh, especially with the divisions in this country right now. Um, you know, kind of got blasted for it on, in, in certain situations. And again, that doesn't bode well for uh, the places like Deadspin and others that like to jump on ignorant Cardinal fans. Um, I'm, I'm sure that will be a whole big topic tomorrow, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, it's it's sad that it's come to this, and you'd hate for him. And apparently so far, it's kind of, Dexter's kind of shook it off and was doing a giveaway because <laughs> – he said, people hate me, so let me give away some stuff. Uh, you know, he's taking it well, but, you know, you, do, you don't want to see somebody's personality like that we're just, you know, we're so excited about seeing start to get dampened this early about things like this. Yeah, you know, it's it's so difficult because I think that, um, first of all, in, in defense of Cardinals fans, um, yes, there have been many that have just been completely inappropriate and disrespectful in, in their response to what, honestly, if you read anything beyond the headline, was the mm-hmm. least <laughs> the least controversial political <laughs> commentary of all time. The guy basically said, yeah, you know, there's a chance that something like this affects my family, and it's hard to watch something like that happen, so we'll have to see. That's basically what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. maybe, first of all, read beyond the headline. Second of all, um, a lot of people have, have been pretty rude about it, but in defense of a lot of other Cardinals fans, I watched my Twitter feed. Um, now, I'm pretty particular about who I follow, so maybe I just don't follow enough Cardinals fans. Um, but uh, my Twitter feed spent the better part of an hour or so discussing why it's perfectly defensible for any athlete, Dexter Fowler or otherwise, to be a part of what's some really important commentary in this country right now. Um, So there are a lot of Cardinals fans speaking on his behalf tonight as well. But um, I do think it's important for people to realize that um, people have vested interest in things other than their job. And the fact that he's a baseball player with a, a public platform doesn't change the fact that he has just as much a right to talk about important issues in politics as some other guy on Twitter who has that right to talk about. And there were a couple of conversations that happened surrounding this that were really interesting. And one of them, um, uh, our good friend John Doble was making the point that, you know, the same people that want to criticize someone like Dexter Fowler for talking about politics, for not staying in his lane, um, have no problem talking about baseball, which is not their job. So, um, you know, the, the, the hypocrisy tends to creep up when, when things blow up like this, um, and people react. They're, they're tired of politics being everywhere, and... Um, that was another point that was made in, in some of the conversation on Twitter tonight. Aaron Sharp was saying that uh, it, it's, it's difficult to find a way to get away from the political conversation right now. Um, and I think that's because it's really important conversation, but sometimes you just want to talk about baseball and not about politics. Um, the flip side of that is Dexter Fowler didn't bring it up 
He didn't stand on a soapbox mm-hmm. to make any claims. He was asked a direct question, and he answered it. You can never fault someone for, for answering quite eloquently, I might add, a direct question. That's what he's supposed to do. And that sort of see from a professional athlete is something that we should be applauding, not, uh, not criticizing. Especially well, on the and, first day. And again, I think <laughs> – Absolutely. Uh, and, and you know, a lot of that is, is he's getting blowback from others. I mean, because once we hear, um, you know, uh, athlete taking political stands, you know, everybody's already fired up because there have been some more that have been more pointed in their, um, you know, discussions of political things, uh, however you believe they should or not. Um, they have been until I think Dexter kind of gets sucked up into that and, oh, there's another athlete trying to, uh, to preach or whatever, and you're right. He didn't. I mean, that was he answered a question, and it was it was directly related to him. It wasn't even you know a general policy question. It was hey, yeah. you know, I can't go. My wife can't do this. Uh, it was very very specific. Um, and and also the the people that are complaining now, um, if Dexter's you know had a you know when Adam Wainwright speaks about his faith and and things of that nature, they're applauding him in that regard and. You know, if, if you're going to give it to one, you got to give it the other way. I think as well. Yeah. If people get a chance to to speak on stuff, um, we're down to our last minute. But before we go, we wanted to to say that um, we're going to make a change here at Gateway. Um, and no, we're not. You know, you're not getting rid of me, unfortunately. And, and Tara is staying, so don't have to worry about that. But we're going to move it from Blog Talk Radio. We've been at Blog Talk since we started back in February of 2011. Um, things have changed uh, around Blog Talk, and Tara and I would occasionally like to record before, uh, you know, midnight, which it feels like it sometimes we're doing. And so we are going to take this and, and spin it off of the Seamheads Podcasting Network. We're going to be on Podbean. You can find us at gatewaytbh.podbean.com. Uh, once we record, and, and hopefully, I don't know if we'll go at next week or the week after, but once we do our first show there, We'll submit the, the feed, and you'll be able to find us on iTunes and, and Google Play and things of that nature. Um, but we thought we'd, it's about time for us to, you know, go out on our own and uh, be able to focus this uh, directly on Cardinal Baseball. I know that uh, there's been other shows on the Seamhead feed, and there will be probably as the time goes on. But it seemed like it was a good time for us to go ahead and make this change. So we appreciate all that have listened to us here at Blog Talk over the years. Um, and hopefully you'll join us and follow us. And if you're following Tara at Twitter on Twitter at Tara Wellman or me at C70, you're going to know when we post a, a, an episode, even if you're not subscribing. Um, but uh, that's I think that's the time and, and the thing to do right now. So we're going to make that change, uh, and we look forward to y'all you listening to us over there uh, starting soon. So uh, until that time, until whenever that may be, whether next week or the week after, I'm Daniel Shopton. That's Tara Wellman. Good night. Thank you.